Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> Was it over underrated? Over underrated. Sous évalué. Überschätzt. Over underrated. Over underrated. Good day, and welcome to Over Underrated, a music podcast where myself, Fran, and my co host, Babs, pick a topic place and then choose two artists we think are over or under rated. We each make each other a playlist of 10 songs and then we debate and try and change each other's minds and just have a lovely chat. This week we're going down under to New Zealand. Enjoy! Over underrated. week the topic is New Zealand which was a bit of a difficult one because we couldn't really think of that many big New Zealand acts so you'll have seen that I've gone for Ladyhawk as my underrated choice and I have gone for Crowded House New Zealand's finest as my apparently overrated band overrated my friend why have you picked Crowded House slash Neil Finn today? Well, because apparently you think they're crap. Uh, I do. <laughs> and I'm here to prove they are not crap. They are the Beatles down under. In more, <laughs> and I know that Neil Finn. <laughs> I know. I know that Neil Finn hates being compared to the Beatles, as has happened time and time again. But I mean, he, I think really Paul McCartney. I, I believe Paul McCartney has even said that he's the best singer-songwriter of his generation. I honestly feel like everyone is on crack because when I went to look it up as well, one of my childhood heroes, Ed O'Brien from Radiohead, said, and I quote, um, Neil Finn is the most prolific writer of great songs. And I feel like I'm on an entirely different planet. And Fran, you know, we've had some feedback that we're too nice to each other on this podcast. I really feel like this is gonna be the one where the claws come out on both sides. So, do you know much about the history of Crowded House? I do not. So, I paint a picture. In the mid-70s, Tim Finn, his older brother, started a band called Split Ends with Phil Judd. And they were a very theatrical, prog-ish, but more art rock band, all in makeup, with wacky clothes. Um, Their album would have, like, seven different time signatures in an eight-minute-long song. They were out there they refused to play in pubs because they thought no one would listen to them so they always perform in theatres and cinemas and put on their own shows they then came to England and they re-recorded a debut album again and then they struggled to get an audience because during the late 70s it was a punk movement and they did not fit into punk whatsoever (laughs) so they're constantly trying to find an audience their lead um, singer quit and then they replaced him with Neil Finn, an 18-year-old kid from New Zealand, to take over as a guitar player. And then they lost half their members. Two English guys joined. They had a whole new look. They took away some of the uh, theatrics, replaced it with a more of a new wave sound. And then had a hit with songs like I See Red. And then with Neil Finn's biggest hit, I Got To You, in 1980, became like a... Yeah, it became like a, a UK hit. And then they became massive down under and they're still held as like one of the best bands of all time. Tim Finn then got tired, did some solo work and left the band. And then Neil did one last album, but he felt it wasn't his show because he didn't start the band. So he broke up Split Ends and then he began Crowded House, which was his first band, with the drummer from Split Ends too and the keyboard player from Splendors as a tour pianist. And that is where Crowded House came from. And when did the bassist come into play, Nick Seymour? So, yeah, so Neil was from New Zealand. Paul and Nick are from Australia. Nick Seymour was the uh, the younger brother of a band who are quite popular called Hunters and the Hunted, I think. And I believe Crowded House even covered one of their songs. And then, yeah, they became a three-piece and uh, had the hits with... World Where You Live, 
mean to me. And of course, daydream, it's over. And weather with you. That's daydream, that's it's over. <laughs> that's two albums later. Oh, okay. So yeah, so yeah, that's where it started. It started off with them as, them as a three-piece. Um, and yeah, and the hit was, yeah, World Where We Live, Something So Strong, and Don't Dream It's Over became a big hit in the UK and America. And that's so a lot of people in the UK had never heard of like Splendors really apart from that one song. So it was kind of like a like brand new start for the band in America and uh, UK. As you may know, they uh, had further success for the 80s with songs like Better To Be Home Soon. And then um, Tim Finn from Split Ends rejoined the band and he wrote Rev Review, It's Only Natural, and had a big album called Woodface, I think in 1991. This became like the biggest selling album for them and had many, many, many hits, like Four Seasons in One Day and um, Fall At Your Feet. And then they made their swan song in 1993 Together Alone, which for me is their best album by far because it's the most mature album. They had an extra member called Mark Hart on keyboards and guitar. It's produced by Youth and it sounds beautiful. And then, yeah, at the height of their fame in 1996, they broke up playing a farewell concert on the steps of the Sydney Opera House, which is one of the best live albums of all time. And then Neil went solo. Unfortunately, the drummer committed suicide the rest of the band met up and then they decided to give it another go made two more albums and then had a rest and now in 2020 they are back again but this time with Neil's younger younger sons or the sons um Liam and Elroy with a brand new single is it any good it wasn't on the playlist so I didn't listen to it I mean there's only been one single so far and I'm not gonna lie, it's not a winner, but early days, it's early days. Okay. Well, yeah, thank you for that um extensive story. I had not realized until researching this band that Neil and Tim Finn were involved in split ends. I only know I got you, but I think it's a really fantastic song and it's on this amazing 80s compilation, which I think is my favorite 80s compilation called Young at Heart. Um, and that's how I know it, not from not from the UK. So my knowledge of Crowded House slash Neil Finn before this was I knew the songs Weather With You and Don't Dream It's Over. I knew that he is now a member of Fleetwood Mac, replacing Lindsay Buckingham. No? You're shaking I think, Well, I guess, I don't know if that's still a thing. I think it's just, <laughs> I think it was just for that world tour. But it's hard because of COVID. I don't know if he's officially left Fleetwood Mac. But the fact that he's now done Crowded House would mean that he won't be doing anything else for a while, surely, so. One of the reasons why Fran picked Neil Finn is because we started talking about him and he got incredibly defensive. And I thought, okay, this is this is good fodder because you said something something similar to what Paul McCartney said, that he's the best best guitar player or the best singer-songwriter. What was it that you said? He's, he's probably, on paper, the best songwriter of the 80s and 90s. He isn't so great now, but then again, I think he's gotten bored and he's always kept moving on. So he doesn't want to make a melodic song anymore. He wants to experiment a lot more. So, you know, and he can do. And that's fair enough. It's fair enough, Neil. You you, you play, you have a, a nice little play in the, studio, in the studio, it's fine. Neil, you do you. That's absolutely fine. But um, Fran, I have to say, this is the worst playlist uh, that I've had so far. The minute that the first song started, um, Together Alone, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this is really not my kind of music and I'm really not going to enjoy this. Can I give you some feedback on the song, Together Alone? Go ahead. So, I mean, I know that you're an anti-melody. Um, you have no soul. I, I'm getting a bit smeared but uh so, so i'm anti-melody it's just that i'm let's say fussy when it comes to quieter songs especially those with acoustic guitars but i have nuanced i have nuanced feedback but please carry on so this was not a demo a demo song they were in a place called carry carry which is a, a really remote beach in new zealand and they made their own studio in a tiny house with, with nothing around um they then wanted to use a local Maori choir 
and they wanted to use the sound on top of these log drums, which you can hear in it. So then they just got the choir to sing a section, and then Neil wrote a song around the choir. And I thought, it sounds nothing like anything else you're going to hear by Crowded House. Hence mm-hmm. why I put it on. And I thought you might enjoy it being quite unique. Well, see, I actually wrote that I felt I felt that I felt that the percussion was quite shoehorned in. So that actually makes sense what you're saying because that's what I didn't enjoy about it. It felt like, and actually, I felt this throughout most of the songs where th- there are a couple of songs that started, and I was like, oh, hang on, yeah, maybe I'm gonna like this, and then it gets to the chorus, and I'm like, what? What is this? You know, it sounds completely different to the beginning, it, and also a lot of the times it was it was a lot poppier. So while I enjoyed that there was a Maori choir singing, and I imagine the language is also Maori, I did not enjoy the percussion. I did not enjoy the, the song I wrote, Snooze. Sorry, Fran. I mean, it's not my favourite song on the album. I just wanted to mix up a little bit for you. I mean, I, I could put on the best of, but I thought, what's the point? Let's try and mix up the, the sound of the crowd and house for you and show you their different colours. So mm-hmm. you've got Saturday, Saturday Sun, mm-hmm. which is one of their newer tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2010, um, I thought. I had no idea yeah. that they released an album there. And sounds quite different, I guess, to their classic 90s sound. And what's your opinion on this? Promising start with the bass and the drums. I asked about Nick Seymour at the beginning because he's got some very good bass lines. Um, I can appreciate the bass lines in some of the songs. But the moment the vocals come in, it immediately put me off. I felt like the chorus came from nowhere and doesn't really go with the verses. So I felt that I want to go off and learn that bass line and just learn the bass line for its own sake because I didn't really enjoy the rest of the song. Hey, that's fair enough. I mean, sadly, the, the albums they've done in the past 15 years have been pretty average. But that's fair enough. I mean, I guess you're only gifted so much. And I guess that he's run out of <laughs> melody, maybe. I don't know. I mean, he did a lot. Some people get to have one decent song. He did about, you know, he did about 15 two, years yeah. ago. Um, so then, you've, okay, 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 right. You've also noticed here that most of these songs on this playlist are live. Yes, I was going to ask you about why, but you, I guess you explained it with the, the Sydney Opera House. Uh. Yeah, so so a lot of these are from their farewell show, and that as a band at their peak performance, like they won Best Live Band in the um, the Brits, I think, in 1994, beating U2, right? They beat so many bands were being one of the best live bands because every time they played it would be electric they would be spontaneous they changed the set and this is a band at their peak playing to a loving audience and distant sun is the next song to me is one of the best songs of all time they've written give me your horrible feedback i wrote that it sounded a bit like the smiths and that it did almost nothing for me until the guitar solo which was fine I think it was enhanced by the audience participation. And in fact, most of the songs that you you put on the playlist from this album were definitely enhanced by the clearly loving audience, as you say, who sang along in, in, in very good tune. But no, it, it really didn't do very much for me. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's so many decent versions of that songs. And I mean, there's a, right. a live there's a live DVD stroke CD called Seven Worlds Will Glide from the looks of that song. Mm-hmm. Which is when he invited in half of Radiohead, Johnny Marr, Eddie Vedder. And their version of that song is fantastic. And it's on that DVD is where the next song came from. It's just my favourite version of Don't Dream It Saver. Mm-hmm. I, wrote, enjoy I wrote fine and enjoyed the audience singing very well at the end. Because, I mean, that one, that's the only song on the playlist that I knew Um and I thought it was nice, but yeah, honestly, I'm not getting much more from it from it being live. Um, although, don't worry, Fran, I, I do have positive things to say about some of the other songs coming up. But I, they are definitely like, I, the only problem with Cried and Half to me is that the 80s albums, the first two, sound really dated. And they sound a lot more raw and they've got far more. Um, guitar layers live and it did back in the day like it had quite horrible synth sounds and it, it feels a, a, a touch dated unfortunately so that's why I prefer their live versions because they have a lot more energy than the, the album versions. Yeah. You then get have 
a B side. We all like a B side in these playlists. Mm-hmm. Recurring this dream. So, recurring dream. And what a B side. What a riff. Well, I wanted to ask you why this B side gave the nickname to their greatest hits because this is from the very best of Crowded House, which is more commonly known as Recurring Dream, which is the name of the song. On the song, I put, I put, on the song, I put that it sounded again like the Smiths, and I can appreciate the jangle guitars, but I still didn't save it to my library. Even the the, the guitar section in the middle is beautiful. Wait, it's still put live to a step. Okay. No, wait, wait until later. No, no, I have nothing more positive to say at this stage. When I first heard that song, I put it on repeat, and like, there's some uh, there's some bands you think, what the hell is happening here? Why did this not make the album? There are some songs on that debut album which I've not played in 20 years. I have no idea how this did not hit, get the cut. I don't know. Maybe it's because there's too much guitar and being a free piece, they couldn't maybe do it live. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so we're on to I Feel Possessed. It's very, very melodic, and I'm sure you hate it. It's one of my favourite singles by Crowded House, which is barely ever played. So I Feel Possessed has a great bass line, and I was really getting into it, but then the chorus comes along and ruins it again. <laughs> why so poppy? Why, why, why? So for me, I actually did enjoy the song, if you remove the chorus. I enjoyed the verses, but not the not the rest of it. And really, very strong bassline, just like um, the other song, which is called um, Saturday Sun. For me, Saturday Sun and I Feel Possessed have really, really great basslines. But so basically, yeah. you've, you've chosen Neil Finn, and you like the bits that Neil Finn doesn't do at all. That's why I was asking you about uh, Nick Seymour, <laughs> uh, because him, what he's doing is uh, is really good. And I mean, my my feedback's kind of similar in the next song that you put, which is Whispers and Moans. See, I thought of you because I knew it's quite bass heavy. Oh, she might get on board with this one. Yes, it, I I think it's my favourite on the list, probably. I like the the crunchy guitars and the, the solo, and I really like his speak singing, shouting at the end. But it still has poppy sections where I'm like, just, guys, why are you afraid of a minor key? It's okay. It's okay to do this. Um, but yeah, that was that was my favourite, I think. Because he wants people to sing along. This one, this next song is like a classic, and you know, it should be sung in schools up across the country. Instead of instead of you know, you get those boring like hymns you got to sing. Probably not anymore. But when I was a kid, you had to sing um, "Nowhere Man" and uh, "Hey Mr. Tambourine Man" at school. And I think four seasons in one day should be added to that list. Like kids oh, have to sing in school. You're going to absolutely hate my feedback because I took against it the moment it started. It does not improve. Drony, 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 boring, boring, boring. <laughs> is what I, what I felt. So I would not like to sing this in school. Uh, but can I just say, I have actual hymns like Jubilate and The Lord is My Shepherd that I had to sing in my school. I would have much appreciated Hey Mr. Tambourine Man. That sounds a lot cooler. Were you well, in a school, 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 school or, or not? Our school like mixed up. Like, so we get like proper hymns like, and then they throw in a few like classics. So in my head, there's a few Beatles songs that I put on the same level as like Crossover, The Worried My Friend, because they were sang at the same time. So it's, it's tainted songs to me. So I wish I didn't, to be fair. Wow, you did like four seasons in one day. I've never met a human being who doesn't like your songs until today. Woohoo! I mean, you know, well, I mean, I've met people who are into metal or hip hop, but someone who likes indie and guitar music to not like these is. Breathtaking. Breathtaking. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not in a good way. Over underrated. Sous évalué. Over underrated. But Fran, you will be delighted to hear I liked Private Universe. Yes, I see the look on your face. It's got a simple acoustic guitar, but it's got some very nice vocals and harmonies. And I will be very specific in my feedback. I didn't save it to my library, but I did add it to my chilled playlist, which I listen to fairly frequently. So it's going to be a song that's going to come up every now and again, and it will remind me of this lovely podcast record. But it, it, it surprised me that I liked it. It started, and I thought, oh, here we go again, another kind of acoustic guitar. But it, it actually, I almost immediately clicked with it. And it reminded me of something, but I, I couldn't place what you know whether it was another band or or something like that but i 
I, that that was my second favorite song from the list that you gave me. This version is not my favorite version, but this is off their B side album, and it's a different cut. But the best actual version is um, when their first best of came out, Recurring Dream. I had a bonus disc, and the live version on that is fantastic, not on Spotify or anywhere. And uh, Mark Hart plays steel guitar in it. And it really gives it some some massive depth, and it's, it's a really beautiful song that um, I've never heard of. And thank God you like it. It is a more mature cut for Crowded House, and that's off Together Alone, where they were allowed to experiment far more. And that album, Together Alone, is like yeah, every track on it is rather different, and it, it stands out as completely different from the other Crowded House albums. And that's why I love it so much. And uh, on the album, we have uh, Locked Out, which is the next song on the track list. So I put that it sounded like Cheap Trick or some other 80s American rock. It's not my thing, but if you like that, fine. I didn't take against it, but I didn't like it. And Fran is making the wanking motion at me on the video. Call the police. Live, um, live. <laughs> yeah, no, I I wasn't as disengaged with it as with some of the other songs where I think some of them, it was just so slow and acoustic-y. For, for my taste, it was a bit much. When it started, I was like, okay, I, I see what they're doing here, and it is a bit different to the rest of the songs that we put on the album, but not for me. I thought, okay, like, let's put on some, some more rocking cuts. <laughs> no, apparently not. Apparently Lockdown is not rocking. I'm a tricksy bitch is what you're realising, you know. I like Private Universe, which is one of the slowest songs that you you put on. Um, and and Whispers and Moans, they were definitely my, my, my favourite. But, uh, yeah, I just... It's just too calm. And you were talking about the lyrics. Normally, I, when I do research, I do look into the lyrics. And actually, I did go and look at the Don't Dream It's Over lyrics. And I thought, yeah, okay, they're deeper than, than what you realise. You know, when there's a song that you is always on the radio and is quite famous, you don't always kind of sit back and pay attention. But when I started looking at the lyrics, they didn't really seem to have that much depth to me. So I actually stopped looking at the lyrics because I didn't think I was going to get much of it. But maybe... Maybe I would have gotten a bit more out of it if I paid a bit more attention to those. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, I assumed you knew Fall Like Your Feet, which is one of mm-hmm. the most famous songs, and even Busted have covered up. That's the biggest. Busted again. Busted keep coming up. <laughs> and they will continue to be in most podcasts. Um, and Distance and um, Private Universe, um, The Things of Love, fantastic lyrics. Please go back and listen to the album Together Alone. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. Don't do it. People, people say people say wood faces, but there's a few there's a few bands like the Killers, for example, where people get confused that because they have the hit singles on there, it's their best album. But like Hot Fuss, Woodface is great for the big singles, but the album tracks are not amazing. To get together alone, the standard is up there the entire time. Sorry, are you saying that Hot, F- Hot Fuss doesn't have good album tracks? It, it, it has seven songs on there. It so has opening. Jenny's a friend of mine, and then maybe on top, and then it's okay. Up, and then, the, okay. then the second half is it falls down a hill, and Sam's Town is the killer's best album because all of the album is on a good hit ratio. I mean, Fran, I feel like you're just calling for a fallout because I think the killers are quite overrated and I haven't listened to any album beyond Hot Fuss because I dislike pretty much every single that's come since then. So, yeah, let's, let's pick this up at a future time. Wow, Samstown is a brilliant album. Convince um, me. That's fine. I mean, we've all, we've all learned today that you don't like music. And that's Whoa. All good, all good considering what's happening right now. But... Um, <laughs> He does like bass, so maybe you should mm. have a common bass uh, podcast. Um, I mean, what is a bass podcast? <laughs> a lot of uh, stuffing around. You know, I, I did, as ever, try and keep an open mind. I think they, they have got some excellent bass lines. And very often when they have excellent bass lines, they have excellent drums and, and percussion to go along with it. But I, I did feel it was quite disjointed. Even the songs that I thought I would like and I was winning myself tonight because obviously you know I, I think it's nice when when you prove me wrong Fran uh but it just it didn't click with me and I I feel completely out of step because it, as you say Paul McCartney Ed O'Brien guessing Eddie Vedder likes them as well and I mean Fleetwood Mac enough to get him to replace 
Lindsay Buckingham for a bit at least. I just I don't I don't understand. I I don't get it. Why why Fran? In 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 a sentence, why why is this so good? Because I think you need to um, listen to Splatons. I think you'd admire their um, creativity more than Crowd House. Crowd House is the Radio Two version of Neil Flynn's back catalogue. <laughs> it's, it's it's friendly and it's not going to shock anyone. But before and after Crowd House, like Split Ends will confuse the fuck out of people. If they think they like Crowd House, then they get back to listen to Split Ends. There's a lot of Split Ends songs which will blow their, their mind. And then post Crowd House, Neil Finn could have easily have written big pop hits, but he did not. He completely looked at what he hasn't done before and, and experimented a lot. And that, that's why he's brave, because he could have easily been dull and done a sting mm. and brought out M.O.R. pop hits. And collaborations with Shaggy, don't forget. Well, exactly, exactly. And, yeah, and that's nothing. So Neil Finn, since ending Crowder House, he's done what everyone should do. There's no point breaking up a band and then releasing music the same as the band who spoke up. What's the point? So he broke up Crowder House, and then his first solo album was nothing like Crowder House. It had one song, She Will Have Her Way, which would have been a Crowder House song. Every other song on there was completely different to Crowder House. He then worked with... Um, so yeah, I'm um, like Eddie Vedder, Johnny Marr on that, on that 2002 um, tour. He then did an album with his brother. He then um, did an album with his wife because they're bored called a pajama the, the um, pajama club, <laughs> where he played drums and his wife played bass, and they just did something different because they could. Um, he he's always trying to do new things, and, and that's why people admire him. Because he could have been lazy and the dust done the obvious and he's never done that. And he, you know, people admire his musicality and, and his songcraft. So what kind of music did he make post Crowded House? Because you're saying it's it's very different, but in what way is it still within the realms of rock? Did he even go in other genres? Uh, I mean, yeah, like he's not doing trance. Um oh. <laughs> I, I listened to that. So the, the um, try listening this, I think 1998, he had sampling on it. He would have a groove-based track. He would have like just him and the piano. He would have loops. He would just yeah, he'd just try out things in the studio. Um, his second set of album, whenever you are, was a bit more crowded house. But then he wrote with um, Wendy and Lisa, who were in um, the New Generation Prince's band. Okay. He recorded that whole album with them. And yeah, and then ever since then, if he does a solo album, it's him just, you know, playing around with a studio and ideas. Um, his al- his solo album, I think 2016, was bonkers because you <laughs> you would never think that it's the same guy who brought to you every review because there's really no like hit singles at all in there. And even I struggle to enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, but but I like that. I want someone to, you know, be trying out things. So what's the point of him playing the same four chords which he knows will be a hit single? He's done that. Me one. This is interesting because all of that, all of what you've just said sounds way more interesting than most of this playlist. So I wonder if we should revisit this and have like a just a Neil Finn solo, underrated, well, overrated. Because I'm already ahead of you. I've already recorded a, a playlist of Neil Finn. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> after we did this, I've rekindled my, my love. I'm not listening to Scrada House for a long time. And it's seriously, when we thought of this idea, I had no idea that Crowded House were back together and about to do oh, really? Yeah, Dizzy Heights 2014. That album, you would never think that's the same person who, who did uh, Don't Dream It's Over at all. And then the album after that was called Out of Silence when he did basically a live album with a choir and orchestra and there's some beautiful songs on there which you'll probably hate um (laughs) (laughs) i am willing i'm willing for there to be a round two with a bit more of a diverse choice of songs from neil finn's back catalogue but really unfortunately fran for this time around i continue to think that crowded house are overrated it's fine because like i said you know it's not all his life. He's more than proud of the house. You've just wounded him. He's still alive and kicking. 
<laughs> I think if I've wounded him, then he has far thinner skin than he should. Because um, I'm nobody. So there we go. So split ends, it's funny that you mentioned them because, yeah, I really like I Got You. I think it's a really great song. And when, especially with 80s bands, because it's not my era, I was born in 1987, even though it's an era that I really admire, I very often try and then go and listen to albums. And there's bands like Split Ends, like Visage, where they have their one big song and I really, really like it. And then I delve into the back catalogue and it doesn't really click with me. Again, so everything else that I've listened to Split Ends, I haven't really enjoyed, but it's it's not like I've really, to be honest, kind of given them so much the time of day. So if if I were to go down the Split Ends route, what songs would you recommend to start with that aren't I Got You? Weirdly, the best songs by Split Ends and not by Neil Finn. <laughs> Tim Finn has the better songs, which is really strange because I hate Tim Finn solo and I have no idea why when he's by himself, he can't replicate that hit rate. Um, and there's a sweet point around the late 70s when they were weird and also poppy at the same time. And I love Art Rock and um, the videos are DIY and everything about them is brilliant. So yeah, try the the late 70s uh, split ends. I think you'd enjoy more. Okay, cool. And I haven't seen any videos by split ends. So I will check those out as well. Are Crowded House videos any good? No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and on that positive note. <laughs> Over underrated. Sous évalué. And that is the end of part one. I hope you are on board the train Finn and are a crowded house split ends fan like myself. But if you're not, it's okay. Um, Don't forget to check out our Spotify playlists and subscribe and check out our social media and all that jazz. And enjoy part two where we discuss Ladyhawk. Underrated. So there's a lot of bands that Fran or I could have picked for this section. We we had a long discussion about it. I was going to choose Howling Bells before I realised they were Australian, which would have been a big mistake. But I chose Lady Hawk because I think she mixes guitar and synths really, really well. And I really love an artist who, who does that. I think the other artist that does that very well that I'm obsessed with is Tom Peck. She has a great voice. Her, her songs are very... Precise, actually, I didn't realise how clean they were, and I, I really like that. I also hadn't realised how much she uses hand claps to such good effect. When when listening to her albums kind of back-to-back throughout, she's using hand claps as percussion in a way that is, is really nice. I think as a tomboy like she is, I very much identified with her, although I could only wish to be as musical, good-looking, and cool as she is. She, she said, um, as a quote, I don't use a stylist anymore because I'm sick of people trying to make me look feminine. I don't wear girly shit. I have my own weird thing going on. Rock on, sister. Absolutely. Um, she was diagnosed with Asperger's quite late in the day, and it's affected her, her playing live. You know, she has stage fright and stuff. But I, I quite like how honest and vulnerable she comes across as. You know, I much prefer those kind of rock stars to, to the arrogant ones. And so does she. So she's actually said, when you meet a band, there'll always be that arrogant rock star guy who has little tantrums and acts like a superstar. I'm so anti that. I feel like I'm really lucky because I'm doing the thing that I love and I can survive off it. For now, when I meet an arrogant musician, I don't get it. So I bow down to that sentiment. And uh, she has quite an interesting path. So she's, she's from New Zealand. She was in grunge bands at school. Then she cr- made this band called Two Lane Blacktop with some friends. And she said that it was like Iggy and the Stooges meets the Clash, which is quite surprising if you listen to kind of Ladyhawk solo stuff. And that band finished quite acrimoniously when two of the members quit before they went on a tour. And after that, she then decided to move to Melbourne, where she met Nick Littlemore from Pnow. He later formed Empire of the Sun. And he asked if she wanted to join this art rock band called Teenager. And I have to say, Fran, I don't know if you'd heard Teenager before this episode. I hadn't, and it's really, really good. I, I need to go back and listen to it. 
Now, I really love Wild Strawberries by them. I think it's a really weird and excellent song. I have to say Empire of the Sun, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan. So yeah, so there's there's a lot of different bands and influences there and her sound really has evolved. And her debut album, I think, is one of those that's near perfect. It was co-written with Greg Kirsten, who's co-written on a lot of other artists' albums, and he's been in Bird and the Bee as well, which Franny will be delighted to hear. Even though it's a quieter band, I quite like their music. It's it's kooky and interesting. And when I was making this playlist, I had to kind of resist just basically giving you her debut album. I was like, right, let's... So I think half of it is from her debut album, half the playlist, although one of the songs that I put is a remix. But I did go back and listen to her second and third albums, which, which I dismissed initially. And actually, there's some really good stuff on there. But you'll probably be unsurprised to hear that I think the reason why I don't like them so much is because they're a bit poppier and a bit less guitar-oriented. So I think that's why I didn't like them so much. So now with a bit of distance and with a bit of, you know, trying to be objective, I, I think there are some great songs on there, even if I'm not a big fan of the, the albums as a whole. So I know you have the debut album. What's your what's your feeling with Lady Hawk? So, yeah, I remember Lady Hawk back in 2008. I may have even reviewed her debut album. It's a long time ago, guys. I can't remember. Um, I definitely thought Wizards Up My Street, which was when I think in the noughties that bands were kind of going back to the uh, new wave sound of the early 80s, which is one of my favourite eras of music of all time. So I was very on board the Lady Hawk train. She was same sort of era, same era as LaRue, but maybe she was more of a cooler hip LaRue in many ways. The first track you've asked me to listen to was Magic. One of the best album openers of all time, in my humble opinion. Is uh, an incorrect answer, but I mean, <gasps> we all have different opinions, that's fine. Oh, you're still so sore from Crowded House, I can tell. So I think this is influenced by Lady Tron regarding like the uh, the groove of it. Um, the only issue I have with um, Lady Hawk, especially on the first album, is that she, she limits her vocal range. And you feel like she could go higher in a lot of the courses, but she doesn't. And then later on, I've heard her in the later albums, and her range is a lot fuller. Like she's got mm-hmm. more, like so in this album, I get a bit frustrated because it sounds a bit like she's being a bit too chilled in the courses. And I want her to maybe soar more than she does. That isn't a reference to Hawk. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that about her voice because I mean, we're I'm gonna shift to the end of the playlist so the last song that i put on there is a song that she's featured on uh, called never dance alone with a band called crooked colors who are quote an alternative dance group from perth what i really enjoyed about that song is how you can only hear her vocals with minimum minimal instrumentation and i thought that was quite interesting and it made me realize oh gosh yeah i guess when she's singing on throughout all of her albums her voice isn't so um what's the word you know compartmentalized so so separated from it and i really enjoyed her voice sounding a a bit more vulnerable like that and i really enjoyed the interplay between her and the male vocalist in that song so i'm guessing you would agree on that i discovered a uh, an acoustic track of hers a love song oh i don't know that one actually it's from 2016 and it's brilliant it was like a brand new artist. I was like, well, where's, where's this person on her other albums? Like, ah, so, as in the version, it's a version of the one from A Love Song on Wild Things. Hmm. Okay. Then, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But uh, yeah, I, I haven't heard that song. And, you know, you said that you like the mix of guitars and electronics, but I think that the Dave album needed more guitar lines. I think it's more electronic than... Rocky, I think if it had a few more guitar riffs or a few more backing guitars, but like the Killers, I think it would have added to the Debra album more. Um, I think her first album is more guitar-y than her later albums, but I, I don't mind. I don't mind on actually any of the albums that it isn't as guitar-y because I think even when there aren't guitars, when she's making bass lines from synths, it's really good. Um, but that's not the only reason I, I like the debut album. I really like the atmosphere that's created. So two of the songs that I've included from that album, Manipulating Woman and Professional Suicide, the lyrics are great. And I'm not someone who picks up on lyrics immediately, but I just really like the really bitter tone that she has 
in those songs. I really, especially like the fact that on Professional Suicide, you can really hear her New Zealand accent saying Professional Suicide. Um, and yeah, it, it just makes those songs for me as well. I think the songs are already good and then they're kind of elevated by by the lyrics. Did you, did you notice that as well? You know, I love lyrics. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> but I do agree with you that she does sound um, very Kiwi on Professional Suicide and reminded me a bit of Courtney Barnett in that you can really hear the accent. Well, I know you hate. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> professional suicide, diverse at ways of chorus. Again, it's, it's when I'm really like diverse and I think something's going to happen in the chorus and it's, it's a bit too restrained for me, but I like it. I'm a, I'm a fan, but I kind of wanted a little bit more. The verses have one of my favourite lyrics of all time, which is, I see you had a hit back in 89, too bad we all don't age as good as wine, which is beautiful. Such such a negative sentiment. I just I, I just love how petty it is. I do like the chorus, especially I, I think it goes well because she's she's sort of taunting whoever she's talking about with na 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 throughout. And then in the chorus, it also sounds very sort of sing-songy, like a child. So I, I think it goes quite well together. I was gonna move on to Power Spurling, which I guess was one of her most well-known tracks, was it? Yes. I, yeah. I didn't include the original version because I thought you would know it. I went for the Peaches remix because I thought what Peaches did was really interesting. I, I I really like a remix that makes you completely reimagine the song. And actually, I wanted to ask you, Fran, do you like remixes? Because I, I put a lot of remixes on my playlist and I, I feel like you don't. And you're making a face, which makes me think that I'm correct. <laughs> you know, like when they bring out a deluxe version of an album like from 10 years ago, Mm-hmm. And it charged $19.99. And they say, hey, for three new remixes, I don't give a shit because one in ten of their remixes are usually are usually any good. Um I think that I loved the 12 inch remix in the 80s. Oh, because, 100%. because that was the band cells adding to what they had. I think these days they give a track to a hip young DJ or hit band and they take the bass line and then create a dance tune and and it destroys all of the elements of the song I liked in the first place and that's why I'm not really a big fan of remixes because they, they usually sound quite lazy and I wish there were still 12 inch album tracks or 12, or 12 inch singles like it was in the 80s because I adore New Order, The Push Mode, The Cure Yeah, Push Boys, they had 12 inches which was the same song but given more scope and that's what i loved about it just giving it to a dj to sample the guitar line and then make it into a dance tune that's not what i want that's not the song i like so did you not like this remix it was very peaches but i enjoy it because i like the song in the first place but i would never choose that over and i guess a lot of remixes are not made to be listened to at home they are made for the clubs so it's so interesting because i could not agree with you more wholeheartedly about 12-inch versions. You know, I feel like if I'm depressed, one of the things I will do is go down a YouTube rabbit hole and listen to all the 12-inch versions of my favourite Pet Shop Boys songs, um, especially Heart. I love, I think that's that's an amazing 12-inch version. Um, I love a remix because I, I think it's, it's a bit like sampling you know there are people who are very anti-sampling and people who are very pro i think anyone who can take something that exists and, and give it a new and breathe a new life form into it is a genius there, there are obviously you know, good remixes and bad remixes i think peaches is a great remixer she also did a, a remix of broken box by queens of the stone age which is really good but i don't think you would like it because it takes the the vocals of them saying pussy and just repeating it over and over again with like a, a harder bass line so don't I'm going to tell you, Frank, don't go and listen to that. It sounds, um, again, very peaches. <laughs> it sounds very peaches. But I thought because she's Cynthia, I you might appreciate it. And yeah, the Teachers of Peaches has turned 20 this year, which is making me feel old. But yeah, I, I wanted to include that to not include the, the main one because I presumed you knew and I thought you might appreciate it. But I really wanted to get your view on remixes because that was my feeling. And maybe we need like a special underrated on remixes where I give you, I give you my top 10 remixes and and see if I can change your mind, because I've got a whole playlist of remixes that I, I listen to regularly. Babs is in the homeland of one of the best remixes in the world. This is Too Many DJs, so 
Yeah, I was gonna say Biatsu, but they're Flemish, so I don't know what the equivalent will be. Yes, I I am in the home of home of Soul Wax. Have you seen part of the weekend? Never dies, the music documentary, which I is have. excellent. There's a great line in there from James Murphy of LCD Sound System, where he goes with them to Ghent, where they're from, and he's just like, yeah, it's really strange because you're this kind of huge band from this small town, and everyone here knows you, and it's it's really surreal. And, and Ghent is a very cool town. I can testify. My last big night out pre-coronavirus was at an indie night in Ghent, and it was glorious. And and yeah, they they they've done some absolutely excellent remixes, and, and some of their remixes, especially of um, Lords of Acid, who are another Belgian band, are really good. So yeah, so maybe we need to discuss this further on another episode. But the the last song that I included from from her debut album, Lady Hawk, was Love Don't Live Here. I was thinking of you, Fran, because it's a little bit slower. What I really like about this song is the build-up, and maybe you will like the vocals more in this one as well, because she does go higher, and she kind of harmonises with herself, and I, I really like those vocals. Over underrated. Yeah, I do agree, although um, for some odd reason, it is not on my Spotify, so I had to YouTube it. Oh, very I don't know why this happens in the, in the world of online music. So, hey, guys, keep buying CDs. And yeah, guys, you have no idea how much of the admin for this podcast is me and Fran going, is this on your Spotify? Is this on my Spotify? Because Fran is in England, I'm in Belgium, and you can't always find everything everywhere. I, I listened to it the least because I had to get onto YouTube for it. So I moved on to her second album. Anxiety in 2012. Yes, with vaccine. Vanity. Vanity, yes. Vanity. I may have listened to vaccine, um, <laughs> but hey. <laughs> I'm so glad that you uh, take the research for this seriously, Frank. Given that, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it starts with VA. So, yeah, I've got it on, on average. Oh, yeah, what do you think of vaccine? I, well, I mean, what I did was I listened to your playlist three times because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a good boy. Mm-hmm. And then sure. I thought, actually, I should remind myself of her second and third album because I don't know it as much as her debut. And how on earth did Black and White and Blue not make on the playlist? That's a great song. Um, it almost made the playlist. But I, I preferred Vanity and Anxiety, I, I think, actually, because they're quite repetitive. I, I quite like that. And I wrote, and you're probably going to hate me for this, what I quite enjoy about Vanity is how the, it's all over the place. The song sections are all over the place. A little bit on anxiety as well. And actually Vanity, the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, this is too poppy for me. But then it, it grew on me. And with anxiety, I, I've I've just written one, one line, which is, anxiety never sounded so beautiful. You know, she really, this album is called Anxiety, guessing it's about anxiety. The lyrics are, are great. You you do feel like she's really making something difficult, very very enthralling. I enjoyed the uh, title track, "Anxiety." I put down this is a lot more for me. Clever lyrics, clever sound. This could almost be Sugar Babes. Whoa! <laughs> I would not In a positive way. <laughs> and I, I say that as a Sugar Babes fan, by the way. Even though. And I only found out recently Franz saw them live and they had a band. Tell me, tell me more about the Sugar Babes fan. So 2006 V Festival. I got to see the Sugar Babes perform, not the original lineup. But yeah, it's, it's them on them with drummer, bass, guitar, keyboards. They have a band behind them and they're brilliant. And then two hours later, I got to see Girls Aloud. So you cannot have a more of a pop-tastic day than that, can you really? Two of the best girl bands of all time. I'm so jealous. The band headline that day was the most pop band of all, Radiohead. Wow. Doing their none hits from, I think it's a king of um, Hell to the Thief tour, so. Oh, my favourite Radiohead album. Oh. Whoa. That oh, is... do you not agree? That, no, because I think that album was the downfall. <gasps> anyway. So, you thought Anxiety sounded like Sugar Babes, and that's a positive. Yeah, no, I, I think that the Sugar Babes could have pulled it off. You don't think she, put, she pulled 
No, no, I like it, but I think that that could have been a Sugar Babe song and it would, would have suited their mid noughties style. It's interesting that you say that because for me, the third album, Wild Things, is the most poppy. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's the least guitar-y, even though, like I said, you know, the, she uses synths to, to good effects as a, as a bass. And I feel like far more songs on there would be suitable for pop stars than, than the ones on Anxiety. And I didn't know that. Anxiety was a bit of a flop compared to the debut, and Wild Things brought her back into the uh, the charts. I think it's top five in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess she had to go in that direction because she was losing momentum somewhat. And also, having a four year gap between albums is not going to help your pop career. Yeah, I was surprised to see on Spotify that all of the top cities for Lady Hawk are in New Zealand and Australia. Given that she her first album did have an impact, especially in the UK, I would imagine for there to be a London or a, or a Manchester in there at least. But I I think like you say, you know, there, there was a gap, and there was also a gap between her first and second album because it was it was two thousand and nine to two thousand and twelve. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know why. Maybe maybe it's because of the touring. I know that she had a kid in twenty seventeen with her with her wife Madeline Sammy, who's. Uh, a very good actress. Have you seen the Breaker Operas, Fran, on on Netflix? Mm-hmm. It's it's quite a funny new New Zealand film that she wrote and, and co-starred in. Um, yeah, so I think the third album is is the poppiest, and, and maybe that's why, as you say, you know, to kind of get back on on track. I chose two songs from it. So I chose Let It Roll. I really enjoy the speed and urgency of the song, and there's very good bass. And I put more good claps. And for Dangerous, I wrote that it has this sort of 80s computer game vibe from it. I love the synthy bass. And I actually do prefer the third album to the second album, despite it being popular. I prefer the third album. I put down that Dangerous had a disco beat and would be perfect for a big 70s diva to sing it. I think for a big Motown style disco diva would have mm. loved to have this, you know, like a you know, Cadonna Summer or Gloria Gaynor or Dino Ross. I think they would love to have this off track as like a comeback hit in the noughties. It could still happen. Um, but mm. again, how on earth did you not put on Wild Things on this playlist? That's a fantastic song. It just doesn't it just doesn't vibe with me as much. It just doesn't work with me as much. We we have listen, Fran. We have different tastes, and that's why this is interesting. Hopefully, for people beyond us. Um, I mean, I have to say, I don't even have wild things saved onto my Spotify list. And yeah, give it a go. I've been, I've been also listening to that acoustic version of uh, Love Songs because uh, that was a, a completely different version of something I didn't imagine she could do. And when I read more about her history, that she was in a, in a grunge band, it made a lot more sense. And It'd be nice to hear this version of um, Pip Brown further. Mm-hmm. And it's funny you mentioned um, computer games because it's, she's a big gamer mm-hmm. and she's recently started Twitch. Yeah, so I, I had seen that. I had seen that. Um, yeah, that's really good. If she if she releases an al- another album, I'll, I'd definitely be interested to to listen. Even though I I still think of uh, my mum's mantra of Oh God, when they've fallen in love, the musicians don't make us as much good music and now that she's kind of settled with a baby I really hope that you know she's not gonna be like all the other rock stars who who make kind of more uninspiring music but I I have um I I would be hopeful for it I I think as much as I can appreciate her more recent stuff even though it is popular for me nothing surpasses that debut album and I any new music that she has I will kind of listen with with a caveat of I'm gonna listen to this as if it was someone I didn't know and someone who's a pop artist rather than that kind of in-between persona that she had for, for that debut album because that that really was the sweet spot for me. I've never seen her live. I would have loved to, especially back in the day. Um, but I have to say, on the deluxe version of the album, which is the one on Spotify, it has a, a few songs, Paris is Burning, Dust Still Dawn, and My Delirium is Acoustic, and they don't really gel with me. So I think I'm going to have to go and check out some of her live concerts if there are any on YouTube to see what she's like normally live. And uh, I discovered there's a French version of Paris is Burning. So if there's any of our French-speaking listeners, give it a go. 
she's diverse. I mean, mm-hmm. it's quite on the nose to record a song with the word Paris in it in French. I'm sure her record company said, guys, guys, <laughs> I don't know if that was a hit in France, who knows? I'm sure you've noticed as a music fan that a lot of bands do, especially French language versions of songs. Um, one of my favourites is Candy by Ash. He's got a very, yeah. he's got a very good accent. And um, the Millennium version that Robbie Williams did in French again, that was a hu- that was a huge hit in French-speaking countries. So I, whatever year that came out with, whatever year that came out in that summer, it was on the radio all the time in in Luxembourg where I was growing up. And yeah, it's very good. I recommend checking yeah. it out. Nah, the surf do quite a lot of French tracks, mainly because of the French radio rules that you have to have a certain amount of their own language on the radio. So I guess it pushes them further to having to do a French version. I know Duran Duran have done some songs in Spanish, and uh, no, no, <laughs> Slime and the Bonds will not be singing in another language. I've not heard French Duran Duran. Okay, I've got to go and listen to that. He's, he's done a duet with a Brazilian singer, so that's in Portuguese, so up the street. No. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. Anything <laughs> that's what happens. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't, I can't say that I prefer the the uh, the non-English language version of any of my favourite songs. But that's because obviously being in English, we hate other countries. So. <laughs> well, I guess you have it. It's completely different relationship you have with the song when you can understand it, and when you can't. And actually, even if you can understand it partially it, it has a difference so you know if i listen to say german language music i speak german very badly but i can understand enough that it kind of something in there resonates whereas if i'm listening to something and i don't know arabic you know, there's absolutely nothing that i'm going to understand so the, the connection is a little bit different but um although i do prefer the german version of 99 red balloons yes correct thank you Correct, but I mean, good, <laughs> prima. But uh, in in that case, you know, she is German speaking, right? So German is her her native language. But it's a bit like Celine Dion as well, right? I mean, she she herself says that she French is her native language, and she prefers to sing in French, even though so many of her her hits are in English. I'm sure they're all gold in any language. <laughs> Do I think that Lady Hawk is underrated? No, I think that. She hasn't really delivered enough since her debut to be put on a, a, a pedestal as, or you know, as being um, held as a, as a great artist. I think she's fine. She's done a few decent singles since the debut, but not enough that I would go and revisit her or wave a flag with Lady Hawk on it. So you don't think that her debut album is perfect? Because I will agree with you that... Um, I, you know, I prefer her her first album above any others, but I, I think her first album is is near perfect. I mean, I, I paid seven pound ninety nine for it, so you know, you've still got the sticker. In today's money, that's that's a lot, considering that people don't pay for music. I like it, but I haven't listened to that album in a decade. Um, and it turns out that my favorite song, Crazy World, you can't even remember how it goes. I had to put it on because I was like, what, which one? Because when I listen to the album, I would very often listen up to track 11, Oh My, and then Crazy World and Morning Dreams, which come afterwards, I wouldn't always listen to. So I, I had to have a, a quick refresh. I didn't even listen to them when I was making the playlist because I was like, oh yeah, I know which ones are my favourites. But uh, yeah, again, Fran, we have different tastes and that what's, that's what makes this podcast good. Yes, well... Neil Finn is nice. Lady Hook is nice. Even if we weren't very nice to each other on this podcast, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll still get along in the spirit that they intended as well. What a what a shit ending that was. There we go. Yeah, I think most people from New Zealand come off as being great guys, don't they? The old Tiki and uh, Peter. So yeah, it's a place I need to visit one day, hopefully soon. And thanks for listening to us, guys. Um, I'm sorry if Babs has broken many hearts. I break clubs every day. Over underrated. Over underrated. And that's all folks. Thanks for listening and like and subscribe and all of that. We're on social media like most people at OU Music Pod and let us know what you thought, but no hate, and have a great day. 
day. Bye-bye.